Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me, my co-host, Joseph. Go! And J.U. How do you follow it, J.U.? Oh, you can't follow you it. You can't follow it. I'm glad, I'm glad we did the experiment so that we can know. It doesn't work. This is a fun way to start this podcast. Yep. This is your first podcast. Oh, whew, that's good. Uh, today we're going to be dis- discussing songs. It that- sounded like you were going to say desecrating, and that might be true. That's too. also true. We're probably going to kill these things. Songs that were written for movies. Yep. This does not mean scores, right, or musical numbers, but that songs that are included in or like sales for. They're pop songs for yeah. the soundtrack, but also exist outside of the movie. Maybe they'd roll at the end of the credits. Mm. And I think I think that's an important key, is it? Songs that a lot of you would know not from the movie. You would listen to it not watching the movie, but, you know, either it was released in a movie. It, it, it's got some attachment to the movie. In the age of music videos, yeah. there's always clips from the film in the music video. That's true. I would say. And th- those were fun. Yeah. You know? I miss music videos. I, I miss... They still make them. I know. I, for what purpose? I, again, well, yeah, I miss them being a cultural phenomenon for being something that was essential to the promotion of music which they're just not they're not but that's i've I've maybe it's true artistry that's what i've said i've stood on the soapbox many times i believe that music videos are the true like bathroom stall art of our of our time (laughs) because who is it for no one's watching this but they keep making them yeah Either way, songs for movies. Yep. J.H.U., I think you had some rules for us you wanted to go Well, down. I mean, we, we, I wouldn't really rules. There was just some things we, well, there was rules and there's also things we want to exclude. I think, I don't necessarily think it has to be a movie written, a song written for a movie, but as long as it premiered in the movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. So yeah. like, you know, the example I used is You Could Be Mine from Terminator 2. Uh, that movie, that song was definitely not written for yeah. that song, but the first time anybody heard it, was the video that had clips from Terminator 2 in it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The album wasn't out yet, so I view that as eligible. What was it on? The Illusions 2? It was on one of the Illusions. Yeah, I yeah. think it's 2. We're, uh, we're also probably going to have to be clear about either ones that are about musicians or ones where one person did the whole soundtrack a la Phil Collins' Tarzan. Oh, that's see, that's that's interesting because I didn't really think about. I consider Tarzan a musical. It's not though. There's there, nobody. I mean, there's one singing bit, yeah. but the most of the time, it's it's what is that diegetic or non diegetic? I don't know. What the the people in the scene can't hear them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I would have ca- count that as a musical too. I forgot yeah. that they don't sing their own songs. That's it's, that's a good one. Um, but I mostly considered we were talking about like if you were to make, and I think this was really popular in the '90s and the 2000s. I'm assuming they still do it, but you have an album for a movie that, you know, essentially promotes that movie, but yep. a list of different artists mm-hmm. on there. That's what I really, you know, the one that comes to mind most frequently, Black Panther, mm-hmm. right. that had, you know, a lot of tracks, you know, had a whole album. At, by the way, the album's a bop, if you don't, if you ever listen to it. It's fucking good. It's, it's fucking great. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Kendrick Lamar, I believe, did mm-hmm. the Black Panther album. But So I, we also discussed maybe starting by decade right. and sure. working our way to the present. Well, Joseph had an exclusion. He yeah, the only get. other exclusion I thought was important is we're not going to do uh, songs for Bond movies. One, because they're it's kind of a very specific niche. And two, because that would be the whole episode. Yeah. We, don't have, we wouldn't have time to do anything else. I don't know if it covered in what exclusion you just said, but also an exclusion I thought is I don't think we should bother with Purple Rain in this. That's fair. Because if you consider, if we're doing what's the best and you put Purple Rain in there, it's not a fair fight. (laughs) It's like putting the Beatles in a fight with other bands, you know? Like if we, even if we did the top 10, it would be the nine Prince songs from Purple Rain. And then the 10th one would be the Morris Day songs from Purple Rain. So there's no value in comparing that to others, it's the gold fucking standard. Yeah. We'll admit that at the beginning and talk of, and there's, there's no way to make fun of it because it's fucking perfect. Yeah. It's weird too because like, again, a movie that isn't a musical but because the album and the film are so tied together right. that I almost view it that way. Right. And it might be the only movie I can think of that is completely sold on the music. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. nobody cares about the story or the acting in that movie. It's a little of the look, but it's mostly the music. Yeah. 
I should also be clear that we'll just call this episode at least a part one because there's no way we're going to get through all the things even we want to talk about, but certainly not all the things that you, the listener, want us to talk about. Oh, also, we sure. haven't acknowledged that Ian's not here. That's oh, weird. hey, Ian's not here. Ian was actually here for the news episode that came out <laughs> earlier in the week. He just didn't say anything. No, yeah. no didn't have a word. Didn't want to read anything. Ian's uh, traveling back from Philly, so hopefully he'll be back joining us next week or we'll just kick him off the podcast. Three right. and you're done. That's it. Those are the rules. So the '60s is that what sure. we're going to start? I only know of one. I mean, basically, there's only one to talk about. Well, there's but not. Kinda... I have another one on my list. Oh, there is. I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mrs. Robinson like yeah. kind of gets the ball rolling of a pop song being a part of a movie and sort of uplifting both of those things. Yeah. In yeah. many ways, from the graduate. In many ways, that's almost. Uh, it should have been our closer, but we right. started with it right. because. Personally, I didn't know that this song came out with The Graduate, like until mm-hmm. we were looking. I was looking up stuff for this episode, and I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." Um, Great but, fucking song. But that's man. the thing; like, the, the song stands so like by itself, so yeah. well by itself that it, it doesn't need to be attached to the movie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I wouldn't know it now, but I learned about The Graduate because of the song, not the mm, other way around. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, the only other one that I had from the 60s is one that it was on my list of songs you didn't know came from a movie. Uh, Raindrops Keep Falling on Your Head from no, Butch Cassidy I would have known and the Sundance. That. Actually, yeah. I just thought that was in the 70s. Nope, 69. All right on, cool. You know, that's a fucking great song. Yeah. I, 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 can, I can geek out hard about that song. Used to great effect in Spider-Man 2? <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man yeah. 2. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and there are other, are, are other pop songs from movies in this era. I remember specifically some from like like some westerns and stuff like that, but none of them were really phenomenons like those two. Again, Yellow Submarine does not count. Je- Yellow Submarine does not count. <laughs> you know, anything from Help doesn't count. Yeah. 70s? 70s? Uh, I mean, the 70s, I think the main thing to talk about in the 70s is the Saturday Night Live. Uh, Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Fever, Fever Saturday Night Fever, yeah. And specifically Staying Alive. Yeah. The that, Bee Gees really came on the map. Which, which is also one that I had no, like, it's one of those things where I thought, again, I've, I've never even watched Saturday Night Fever, because why would I? Right. But... Um, it's a pretty good movie. It, sure. Um, <laughs> but to me, in my brain, I had just assumed that the Bee Gees are what Saturday Night Fever was like based on <laughs> but it, right. it turned out it's a much more symbiotic relationship than i had anticipated right well you know it's funny because disco had such a strong backlash when it ended that it still sort of carries over now people still like will shit on disco and disco is a super fun form of music and maybe its pinnacle is the saturday night fever soundtrack and staying alive is a fucking great song. Yeah. That riff, the that's a fucking great riff to play. That's a fucking great riff to hear. And it's a great movie it's attached to, you know. Uh, Gene Siskel's favorite movie of all time, Saturday Night Fever. Did interesting. Know, interesting tidbit. He bought the suit. No way. Yeah. Yeah, Disco's so weird in that you're right. Like, it's so hated and again to this day mm-hmm. but so many things are i mean funk existed outside of disco right. but funk is definitely in disco and ba- the basis yeah. of disco um and a lot of early rap especially east coast rap was mm-hmm. taking a disco yeah. album and just like looping two minutes of it mm-hmm. and letting people rap on top of it like it has a, had a huge influence and probably the most iconic like the two things that pe- studio 54 saturday night fever right that's like when you think disco those those are the two things that come to mind so that soundtrack's really powerful because here we are 40 years later 50 years later and and, and it's one in two what you relate to that whole genre of music you know i've i've never been a drug person mostly just because it's actually a thing that i can be a hateful prick about since i'm not i can be judgmental of others but Things like Saturday Night Fever always makes me think if I was going to be a drug person, I would have been good at cocaine because <laughs> I really like this stuff. And it's uh, staying alive sounds like what I feel or think cocaine feels like. <laughs> it sounds like you're walking into the room with all the confidence of every person on earth wants to see your junk. Yeah. You know, strutting. Yeah. yeah. Fucking great song. <laughs> I don't have any other ones in the seventies. Not that I know. I, can, of. I mean, when did Rocky come out? What year? Was you Rocky? could. You, I mean, the Rocky theme had lyrics and was a hit. Yeah, I don't so mean. I don't counts. mean Rocky. The Rocky theme from Rocky. What do you mean? I have the tiger. Oh, that would be eighties. I've got a whole thing about. Okay. It. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, well, the only other one is it's one of the ones in my categories of things that you probably didn't know are from a movie. Uh, Knock on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan. I didn't know that was from a movie. Yeah, it's, movie from, it's from a movie called Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, which has not... I la- know that movie, which but Which has I not lasted as long as the yeah, song, I don't yeah. think. 
No. It's a, it's an okay movie. Sure, I'm but, sure it is. Uh, great song. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, you know, a uh, lot of great covers of that song. Yeah. Uh, Guns N' Roses, Television, both do awesome covers of that song. The Spaghetti Incident. That's the Guns N' Roses album. That's the cover record, yeah. 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 But for sure, I think, I think the 80s are where this trend, as far as our knowledge base is concerned, really took off. Well, I don't think it's just our knowledge base. I think... Partially, it was because the 80s was almost devoid of irony. Yeah. That you could have a fucking song that was just the title of the fucking movie, and it could be a huge hit, and no one think it was fucking ridiculous. Also, the introduction of music videos. That's, That's also true, true. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. you had an advertisement in the middle of, you know, that wasn't a commercial on MTV twice a day, every day. I'll also warn you that while we're discussing this decade is the part where I'm most likely to sing. So fair <laughs> that's, warning. That's fine. I assumed it would probably come out at some point. I also point. figured it would happen <laughs> at some point. All right. So uh, what's what what ones do we want to start with? Well, you, you just talked ton. about Rocky Three. Rocky Three is a great yeah, mm, Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger, you know, is such an 80s fucking sounding song. Yeah. The way it's produced, the guitar sound, the fucking, that voice, that sort yeah. of like, sort of manly, but can still hit the high notes yeah. voice. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the, now you're a man yeah, type yeah, voice. Absolutely. Like, uh, and it's a pretty fucking good it's song. It's a banger, man. Yeah. That's still a great song. Um, you know, unless people know the Rocky Four hits, but the Rocky Four hits are really fucking are they good really? too. Yeah, I can't I can't think of what the name of them are because right now in my head I'm getting them mixed up with the song from another Sylvester Stallone movie by Sammy Hagar. Uh, in the Burning Hearts is is uh, is Rocky Four, and that shit was fucking dope. It plays while he's doing his training montage, <laughs> the much in the same way the Eye of the Tiger is. Although I think Eye of the Tiger is also in Rocky Four. What's the name of the band? Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Stallone. Classic, classic tune. Yeah, yeah it's a... Uh, I was going to say, Kenny Loggins gets a lot of work in this I was about to say... Kenny I, Loggins is the king of this. I have, yeah. I have a Kenny Loggins section. <laughs> Kenny Loggins is the undisputed king of Mo- this. Mostly, probably, I would say, the, the two biggest ones that, again, have... Not, not even that their movies are not huge, but I think that have just exploded beyond their movies, are Footloose. From the movie Footloose. Right. Again, the fucking title of the movie. Yep. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And fucking Danger Zone. Yeah. Danger Zone. He, he did the Caddyshack one too, right? I'm yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that shit. Yep. <laughs> when I sang that, did you not picture a gopher's dancing? Of course you did. <laughs> yeah, this dude owned the fucking decade. I mean, particularly for this specific thing of making songs for movie soundtracks and having them. Be big, huge, stupid hit. Which one's the best one between the big three? I'm, I'm going Footloose. I, I don't know. Danger Zone is just so it's just so fun. See, it's going to be a, a split because I'm going with the Caddyshack. That's oh, perfectly really? fine. That's funny. But I will say, I, I also wanted to put in uh, since we since we had to bring up Danger Zone because we wouldn't have been able to yeah. make this list without it. I also wanted to do songs that are inextricable from their source material, mm-hmm. and uh, the other one from Top Gun that I thought was important is "Take My Breath Away." Yeah. Oh, absolutely! Because you can't there's, separate there's it. no way you can hear that yeah. song and not imagine the, <laughs> the, the, the really yeah stilted, <laughs> awkward sex scene. Yeah, yeah just, it's, it's super the awkward. least sexy sex scene <laughs> yeah. ever put in a movie. God, what I love that movie so much, but it's so easy to rag on it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's partially it's what's charm. lovable about yeah. it. Is it's it's a good movie that's also kind of stupid. Yeah. What are some other ones? Oh, um, from Dirty Dancing. Uh, oh yeah, what is that name? That's uh, all I just wrote down. <laughs> Dirty Dancing. Time of my life. Time of my life. Uh, I had it. It was right there. Great fucking song. Great, but again, there's iconic a, moment. There's no way to, to listen yeah. to the song and not imagine the end sequence from Dirty Dancing. I know there are other. There's other music in Dirty Dancing. I just don't fucking remember what it is. Yep. You know, like it's just that song yeah. is what you. you when it was to. the big hit. Yeah. Oh, what should be on? I don't know if this is on your list of songs that you don't know or from from a movie, but there. Uh, God, I can't think of the name of the movie or the song, but there's a huge Phil Collins hit. Take a look at me now. Yeah. Oh, what movie is that from? Against All Odds. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the movie's called, but the song is called Against All Odds. And man, that song will still put a lump in you all Jay Hood's heart. Actually, actually you know, <laughs> Phil Collins is a perfect representation of exactly what you're talking about because <laughs> Phil Collins has no sense of irony None at all, and it's beautiful. Like, I, that's what I love about his music. <laughs> 
Have you ever heard uh, about why Phil Collins hates Paul McCartney? No. <laughs> he hates Paul McCartney because at one time t- at a party, he referred to Phil as our little friend. <laughs> and he just, a, which I think is... I think the movie is called Against All Odds. Against All Odds, because, you know, it's the 80s. Jeff Bridges as a down-and-out football player. Uh, I don't remember a thing about that movie, but I fucking love that It's a great song. Yeah, it is a great song. I had no idea it was related to a movie. I'm a proponent of Phil Collins. Actually, my favorite song of all time is Easy Lover. Oh, Easy Easy Lover. I was just thinking, I was like, if we're going to talk about Phil Collins, can we just shove Easy Lover in there? I I could do a whole podcast (laughs) on Easy Lover. (laughs) Uh, as far as other 80s movies that are, again, inextricable from their source material, uh, the ending song from Breakfast Club. Yeah. 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 Which plays so, at every supermarket ever for all time. So did we decide whether that was, were that premiered on that movie or it existed beforehand? I have no idea, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say you wouldn't you know, would it know if it, it didn't. Yeah. Based on specious internet lists that I looked at for this episode, yes, it premiered <laughs> for this movie. I know nobody knows Simple Minds really outside of that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I remember as a kid buying a Simple Minds album based on this, and I didn't find much to enjoy outside <laughs> of this song. Um, I mean, we have not spoken of Ghostbusters. I yet. was saving yeah. it. <laughs> You're saying? Yeah. For, for now, it's fine. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. I've played that song live. It's a ton of fun. Have you uh, really? Yeah. And it's, it, again, it's so weird that that wasn't just looked at as being fucking ridiculous. Yes, because yeah, yeah, yeah. objectively, it is. Right. It's absolutely duka, ridiculous. Duka, 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 duka. Yeah, it's a fun song, man. I can't remember who's pissed at who. Is Huey Lewis pissed at Ray Parker Jr. or is Ray Parker Jr. pissed at Huey Lewis? One of them thinks the other one ripped them off. I mean, to be fair, whoever is the right one has a valid argument. Right. What song is it he thinks he rips off? I don't know. I don't know which one it is, but I, I think it's is it Power of Love? It, it's. I mean, it, I would argue it, it sounds like Power of Love. Yeah. Uh, I have thought that I didn't know there was beef between the two of them. I've thought they've sounded the same for years. I feel like it's Huey Lewis is pissed at Ray yeah. Parker, which brings us to fucking uh, Huey Lewis and from Back, back to, to the, the Future. Gotta get back in time. Yeah, that shit's dope. Also, Huey Lewis in this fucking movie plays the guy who says you're just too loud uh <laughs> i didn't yeah at when you're auditioning to play at the dance right. great fucking song right. uh, and i love that it's referenced throughout the film and i mm-hmm. and i and i think that's awesome like it feels like the ultimate product placement but it's in music form so that's right. shit that i would buy yeah, i'm not gonna buy a coke because it's in a scene i will but. also unironically suggest buying huey lewis's sports record that shit is dope there's like 10 songs on yeah. it, and seven of them were a hit. Hmm. Huey Lewis is, is fucking great. Yeah. What else we got? There are a lot of these in the 80s. That's all I have for the 80s. One more thing I wanted to hit on in the 80s, I, just because I think this one was weird. The theme to Beverly Hills Cop, the Axel Foley theme, the dude, yeah. that was a big hit. Yeah. That's just crazy. <laughs> they, they just cut a section of it, called it a pop song, and it was a hit. Anyways. Yeah. I, it, there is a lot, I think, in this decade, and I know we're not talking about scores, but in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot establishing what you do with music in a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Fucking Batman came out in 89. Yeah. Right. From comic book movies, at least into the 2000s, they had fucking a track yeah, no, that totally. went with them. Uh, all the Batmans do and the Spider-Mans do when we yeah. get to that. like It's weird to me, and I say scores too, because... In the 70s and 80s, we established French horns were the sound of space. Right. And like it just was like this thing that we we decided these are the trends we're going to do with right. movies. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just strange. It's just strange that this is we, we established this right. shit. Right. It had to be something. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I think, you know, you can't have that much weirdness now because the internet immediately forms a consensus. That there's, could be. Le- there's less experimentation because immediately when you do something, there's somebody to say that fucking sucks. Do you, yeah. th- do you think there was like some overlap there between like Warner Brothers as a studio, as a movie group, and then as like a music producer was like, oh, we're going to tie this shit together. Oh, totally. I mean, I'm pretty sure Prince was on uh, on Warner. So yeah. it's like, hey, here's our biggest star. Let's put him in this big ass movie. And he made a dope song. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yep. And Batman features quite heavily in the music video. I remember watching that music video a shit ton as a yeah. kid, too. Which song is it? God, what is the Prince Batman song? Um, well, there was Bat Dance. Yeah, there's another one, though. There's, um, whatever. I can't think of it. That's fine. Well, do we want to transition into the 90s? Let's go to the 90s. I got several things on here, but if we 
the Prince one is a whole album. Yeah. This this one's got this decade's got two of the ones I have in my infamous column. Okay. You know them from being in movies, but you also know them from making fun of them for being in movies. Right. Uh, and one of them is from a Batman movie, which is Seal's uh, Kiss from a Rose. Right. <laughs> which I will maintain is a fantastic song. And if you don't sing this song whenever it comes on, you're fucking party man wrong is with the you. one I was trying to think of. Right. But yeah. Kiss um, from a rose. Yeah. Well, and I tell you, the the U two song from this is a fucking banger too. Hold me, uh, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. That's yeah. a fucking rocking song. Yeah, man. Kiss from a rose is such a. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, it's, I don't think it's a bad song. It's, it's not, just cheesy. It is. It's so. It's like again, it's ridiculous, but it's also like it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, and it's like it just makes so much sense for like the early nineties, like. And again, it's one of those things from a music video standpoint is I probably wouldn't have given a, a, a seal ballot ballot a second look except for, well, shit, there's going to be scenes from Batman. And in a, yeah. amazingly, it's less cheesy than the movie it's a part of. Yeah. Hey, Batman 2. It's from Batman 2, right? No, it's from Batman 3, which oh, I'll stand fuck. by. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that late. Yeah, I don't think Batman 2 really had yeah, any maybe musical not. identity. Wait, you sure it's not Batman 4? No, Batman no. 4 is uh, R. Kelly's. Uh, yes. You're right. Yep. God, would we even still know Seal's name if it weren't Probably for this fucking... Not. That and he was married to Heidi Klum. Right. So yep. two things that guy accomplished. Right. And burned his face really bad. Yeah. And he he and used to have being, a bullshit story about that, that he went to sleep and then he woke up and God had given him those scars and that inspired him to be a singer. Wow. Really? Yeah, I fucking loved it. Because <laughs> I was like, because either A, he burned his face or he had the worst acne of all time. Yeah. I don't know which one's true. Yeah. But we know his name and we're talking about him on this podcast. That's true. Uh, the other infamous song that I wanted to get on here is, again, actually not that bad of a song. Just got dramatically overplayed and by people that... You know, I know me at the time and probably the rest of us at the time we're not trying to associate with, which is uh, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion attached oh, yeah, to Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. I mean, I was going to bring this one up mainly because if I didn't, Sarah was going to kick my ass. She's a Celine Dion fan. Uh, she has a really cool Celine Dion t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> well, because two, two things important. I didn't know could go together. Because well, what it is, it's, it's like a parody shirt where it's like a... It's like a, a pentagram with like flames and blood awesome. and stuff like that, with just Celine Dion written over it in like Slayer font. It's pretty dope. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, again, this is one of those things that it's not really for us. This is for ladies, but it's also a good song, you know? Yeah, I feel like this song gets shitted on because people don't like Titanic and they drinks the song down. I mean, if, if you remember being alive at that time and you watched MTV, which you did at that mm -hmm. time, this song was playing, as song and music video was playing all the time. Right. I mean, I can see that. I still think it's a good song. Yeah. You know, what song I do think of when you say that is that stupid Aerosmith song from Armageddon. That's, that's the one That's I, worse. That one what? I remember hearing Shit, all I didn't even time. write that down, but that's Th a... That song is definitely ruined by being on that soundtrack, being overplayed, and almost ruins Aerosmith for yeah. me, which is a band I love. I found out recently, though, this is just a personal note that's unrelated to our topic, but I found out that I I hate a lot of songs, just like I hate a lot of things in general. Mm. But usually, the songs that I really hate are the songs that I really enjoy playing. Right. <laughs> and I don't know why that right. is. But yeah, it's, it's in interesting this to me that you play songs that you hate because right. that never crosses my mind. It's usually like it, like I start it as like a parody thing to like yeah. make fun of how ridiculous it is, and then I like really get into it. Right. <laughs> The only time that will probably ever happen to me, and I don't know if you guys do this, I like to practice sight reading, so I'll just pull up like top 100 tabs yeah. or whatever and just go down the list right. and just practice as I go. So sometimes there is shit on there, but God, I can't imagine, uh, I just can't like, imagine like, playing I, that I, song. I, I hate the fuck out of Iris by the Google Dolls, but I love playing Iris <laughs> by the Google Dolls. See, I kind of like, <laughs> wait a minute, is Iris the one that's from the sound? Yes, episode? it's from City of Angels? Yes. Yeah, that's Iris. I brought it back in. Uh. <laughs> I, is, that, is that song in Drop D? Because I feel like... I think it is in Drop it's D. It's the most Drop D song ever. He, um, my friend had a nickname for that song that I'm going to go ahead and say, 
that you might want to edit this part out of. Okay. <laughs> but he, he referred to that song as Hurricane Pussy. Because <laughs> he was like, he was like, he was like, he was like, I, you could tell that that guy before this, he was making a decent living in a rock and roll, but he wasn't seeing a lot of play from it. And after that, I bet, I bet within six months after that, he was so sick of getting laid. Yeah. There's no, no that's true. There's no way I'm going to edit out Hurricane Pussy. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Well, I definitely didn't identify the friend in case he doesn't still want to be associated <laughs> but i'm glad we got back around though that was uh, you know that was unintentional but <laughs> bringing iris up is a great example of a song i fucking hate playing on guitar <laughs> and ties into this subject really really well <laughs> yep. will smith yeah will smith every, everything that he did in the <laughs> 90s well i mean men in black is such an 80s thing to have done in the 90s yeah I love the Men in Black song. I think. Oh, I do too. And it's then a, Wild Wild West is fun. Wild Wild West is also a good song. He did. What's the? Other, there's another big one, didn't there? Those are the two I remember. I mean, Shit. he did one for Men in Black too, as well. But yeah, that's yeah, in yeah. the next decade. Um, Ian would be really upset if I didn't bring up the Metallica version of the Mission Impossible. Theme, yes. Which I don't know if it counts, but I do think that might be the most mid '90s thing ever. A Tom Cruise movie directed by John Woo with Metallica <laughs> as the theme. That's fair. And it's a horrible, horrible result. See, I love it. <laughs> I think I think John Woo is one of those things. He's like. He's like original Van Halen. That I think a lot of the flack that it gets is because of shitty imitators. John Woo is still, re- I still think, really does a great job of having someone diving, holding two guns, <laughs> firing them while doves are flying by. He's got a stick. I think that people who imitated that pissed in the pool. Maybe. Um, but, I mean, you know... Definitely when he came to the States, he tried to do something different. Yeah, he tried to do for sure. face off and he tried to do this. And I think it was a good movie. Yeah. I, I don't think that's what this podcast is in any way about. <laughs> except I enjoy the Metallica Mission Impossible theme. What else you got there, Joseph? Well, I got a couple other ones. Uh, one that I would I would uh, be ashamed not to mention is related to uh, one, one of a couple directors who really likes to do those uh, like really aggressively contemporary artist soundtracks where they just pull in anybody right. who's remotely popular. Uh, Baz Luhrmann for Romeo plus Juliet. Yep. Uh, yeah. Exit music from a film is, is it does make there. its premiere here. Yeah. That's yep. true. And, That's then, and then it gets true. dropped on the, can't fucking think of the album. I actually like the other radio head on song on the soundtrack better talk, talk show, show host, but, yeah. Uh, but, the, but yeah, this, this one does count because it makes its premiere here. God, and if there was a band Basil Lerman was gonna choose, oh for sure, Radiohead makes Look, so much fucking sense. We're we're gonna get back to Great Gatsby in another decade. <laughs> also, another important one that I, again has unexplainably surpassed its uh, source material is "You've Got a Friend in Me" from Toy Story. Yep. Everybody knows that song. Yeah. Well, and he is so tied to that franchise. Right. Yeah. He's he's written a song for all four of them. Right, yeah. And uh, it's so weird. I don't like Randy Newman, but I and love yet, this song. Have you he's ever... a very off-putting singer that has been normalized by these movies. Agreed. Yeah. He does not sing well. No. Um, <laughs> have you guys ever heard Randy Newman's song about Vladimir Putin? No, I haven't. Fucking look it up. Right. It's great. Right um, so I had one I wanted to ask about to see if it fits in the criteria. Sure. Okay, does a cover song recorded specifically for a movie count? I think it can. If yeah. you're going to do Whitney Houston, you're out. Well, I'm not doing Whitney Houston. That, no, was but the wrong that does. You can't. That, that's the one I was thinking, actually. Yeah. No, that's I was thinking question. Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon uh, by Urge Overkill for uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's a contender. Yeah, for yeah, me. yeah. Hmm. I've always wondered if that seems like something Tarantino would have fought against. He would have won the original. Mm-hmm. But just because of the success of that movie and the video, like, everybody knows the Urge Overkill yep. version more. Mm, and yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah, that's true. I, I Honestly, that sounds really shitty. I didn't even know it was a cover until, like, probably 10 years ago. Right. Like, I was, like, 20, maybe, you mm. know? And I'd seen Pulp Fiction many a time. Right. But I, I related it to that movie. Right. And, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the Whitney Houston one is definitely a cover, but her version is better. I mean, it is, but... I can't go with that. I can't go with her versions better, but I do love her. What? It's more iconic. Yeah. For well, sure. More iconic, but I'll never vote anybody against Dolly Parton. <laughs> She's the fucking shit. Fair enough. Uh, a couple other ones before we get out of the 90s. Uh, Gangsta's Paradise premiered in Dangerous Minds. <laughs> and the most memorable thing about that movie. Yeah. That I mean, movie's awful. 
I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. I just know Gangster's Paradise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Coolio was uh, really upset about the Weird Al parody? That really? makes a lot of sense. He, uh, that's fair. <laughs> he, he thought that he had said something important, and Weird Al had fucked it up, which, I mean... He's not entirely wrong. He's not entirely wrong, but also, Weird Al parodying your song is the greatest compliment you it can It absolutely that's fair. is. Yeah. It, first of all, is that thing you do 90s, and second of all, does it count or not? Since I don't it, even know what that is. Fuck you. <laughs> You've never watched that thing you do? No. Oh, it's you watch that thing you do, right? I don't know. It Fuck sounds both so familiar, and I don't know. It's a fucking great movie. It's about a one-hit wonder band from the 60s called The Wonders, uh, directed by and co-starring Tom Hanks. Uh, it's, I have uh, not seen this. Jonathan Shake. Um, who else? Uh, God, I can't think of any of these guys' names, but they all made their fucking debuts in this. Uh Ethan Embry made his debut, or not made, maybe not made his yeah. debut, but got big in this. Steve Zahn. There was one other, the main. Oh, guy. I actually have seen some of this movie. Um, I just forgot about it. I mean, it's it's a fucking great song, just proven by the fact it gets played around nine hundred times in the movie and never gets old. Yeah, hmm. but uh, you know they're basically like a Beatlesy type band, and they write a one hit wonder called "That Thing You Do" and. It's a fucking great song outside of this movie, but also it's great when you're watching this movie because by and large, usually hates the movies about bands. They're just awful. There's always an amp blowing up in a fiery explosion or some shit like this. But I really feel like this is one of the more realistic portrayals of a bunch of dudes being in a band. Didn't you like Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, but for Shut different reasons. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> for different let's, reasons. Let's keep going. I don't want to get into TV shows because I think it's a whole different thing, but I think the Friends theme counts in this because it is a song that exists and outside of Friends. For sure. But you don't fucking know it because of that. Right, you know it true. because of Friends. That's absolutely true. Yeah, those, that band was a band that was just trying to make it yep. before that. And then, yep. and then they got that and they will always be known for they that. They never have to work again. No. <laughs> And the only other one I wanted to hit on before we get out of the 90s is because Ian's not here and he would have done it if he had done any research, which he wouldn't have, but it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I believe I can fly from Space Jam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because Space Jam is Ian's third favorite movie. Uh, you know, fun song. Yeah. Who who does this again? R. Kelly. Yeah. R. Kelly. I was about to say, I, yeah. I thought this one was problematic. Yeah, it's problematic. <laughs> it is, yeah. A uh, lot of things from that period are. It's fine. Uh, do we want to get into the... I don't have a lot from the Audis. I have a lot from the Tens. Yeah, the Audis and the Tens, it gets vague for me. The, the only the only big one that I, I feel like we couldn't miss is uh, Lose Yourself from 8 Mile. Yeah. yeah. Which, Again, which, which kind of falls into your, your it category. It reminds me of like... Purple Rain. And yeah, that, yeah, like, no, the, for sure. The whole album and the movie are so closely tied right. together. It's hard to separate them. Uh, I think uh, we talked about it in our text, the fucking Nickelback song from Spider-Man 1. Oh, I love the shit out of that song. <laughs> I, I need a hero to save us. The dashboard song from Spider-Man. Yeah, the dashboard song from Spider-Man. Uh, Hope dangles on a string. It's like the most dashboard fucking song possible. The thing about the Nickelback song, I'll say this is, there are a lot, there's a lot worse Nickelback songs than that one. Fucking every Transformers movie in a Linkin Park song. Yep, yeah. And God, I really liked Linkin Park before Michael Bay got a hold of them. Uh, and then... Uh, I, just, I just, just because I was doing stuff for this episode, I went back and, and in order just listened to the end credit songs from Transformers 3 to reminisce. Yeah, that was your <laughs> which, shit. Which did have Linkin Park and Paramore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really remember any other ones, but I remember like those being huge. Well, you know, it's funny because... Men in Black 2. Men in Black 2. It's really, like, this is where it kind of starts phasing out of a... Like, the Marvel movies, for instance, don't really have songs associated with them. The Nolan Dark Knight movies don't really have anything, songs associated with them. Like, big hits did not necessarily have a pop soundtrack at this point. I mean, it's at this period, and, and I, you know, we talk about it while the 80s really birthed this. The Audi's really the kind of death of this because we didn't have music videos anymore. Yeah. Right. Now they're on YouTube, and again, they're more about maybe what the artist wants to say than trying to sell a product. Right. Um, but it really, yeah, kind of goes away in the late Audi's. It becomes really more about throwback songs. Yep. You know, it becomes more like the Tarantino formula. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, Superbad had a pop song. I don't think it did, but I know it had, like, old songs. In yeah. It. You know one that, uh, fucking Shrek and the Bare Naked Ladies song. Yeah. <laughs> that shit <laughs> lives on in memes to this day. Have you, have you ever heard the version of that that's all auto-tuned to C? 
No. no. It's the whole song auto-tuned to one flat note. I mean, there's... <laughs> and the, when you first start listening to it, you don't know why you're listening to it. <laughs> and I think about 30 seconds in, it becomes the funniest thing you've ever heard in your life. And I can't explain why. But it almost killed me when I don't I know. I, I don't know I if have to try that. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there there is a, a whole YouTube... I don't even want to call it a genre because it, it's like the length of human history right. of... All star, but and then something, but you know I didn't know that. But you know Redbone, but uh, the Looney Tunes, but five hundred yeah. times as fast, but it gets faster every yeah. second. Yeah. Like it, there's it's just it's a, it's an insane weird subculture. I found this Twitter account once, and it was I mean this went back two years, and the tw- the first tweet that you saw was read the first word in all my tweets, and it was literally every word to All Star. <laughs> But I mean, literally, guys, this went back to like 2016. (laughs) And this was like in March of this year. That's a great plan. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I hope immediately upon completing that, that person blew their brain. (laughs) What other ending is there? I don't want to live another second to have someone take this away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their Sistine Chapel. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The Counting Crows song from Shrek 2. I like a lot. I like that song a lot, too. Like a great soundtrack I can think of from this decade was Accidentally in Love. It's the name of that song. Was Zombieland, but that was like all old shit. Yeah. yeah. You know. I will say if, if we don't have a whole lot from this era, one of the things that somewhat was was more of a curation but did have some original songs was a lot of the the young adult romance things right. and, That's uh, true. From, from the early the Twilight 2010s. one had, Twilight yeah. and then Hunger Games kind of took up the mantle after Twilight stopped. That's true. Those things did usually have an original song on yeah. it and it was it's, usually a huge fucking Yeah. Hit. It's got my uh, the one of the Twilight movies has my favorite Florence and the Machine song which I don't really like any of them that much but there's a uh, Florence and the Machine song from the third Twilight movie called Heavy in Your Arms which is I feel like the best distillation of Florence's really yelly style of singing. Yeah. I'm trying to, what was the big, there was one, the big one from that first Twilight one. But I, can't I mean, I know, I know that fucking, uh, that song is played at every other wedding now. I can't fucking think of the fucking name. Hundred Mile, Thou, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah. That's, that's from like the last one. Oh, really? Yeah. I I'm it, yeah. It, yeah. waiting for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Backtrack going back to the 90s, that, the numbers reminded me of this. The I would walk. Is that from a movie? That's from a movie. I don't the remember pretenders? what. The Pretenders? That's from yeah. a movie. Yeah, Proclaimers. I, I think maybe Johnny Depp was in it. Yeah. yeah, but I don't, I don't remember. I love the shit out of that song. Yeah, that's a good song. <laughs> Again, One Hit Wonder. Yeah. I don't know it's a great hit. You know, it's funny as you're talking about covers and, and stuff. You know, Guardians is real famous for it. I literally can't listen to Hooked on a Feeling anymore and not think of Guardians. Oh, totally. Like, any time the ooga, 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 I, f- I see fucking Chris Pratt's square head in my, you know, in my brain. Don't want to tell me why. That song, yeah. I, can't, I, can't, yeah. I can't listen to it. It was such a great trailer when it came out, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it played great. And yeah. again, it's a song I've known my entire life yeah. and right. now has entirely different meaning for it, which is, you know, a success, I would say. Yeah. That's what you tried to do with it. Uh, a couple other ones that were just kind of in that the young adult one I wanted to mention uh, Elastic Heart by Sia I don't know if you guys have listened yeah. heard that song yeah. it's got a weird video with Shia LaBeouf but, yeah uh, I remember the video yeah it's from it, it originally premiered at the, the second uh, Hunger Games movie mm-hmm. and then coming back did she do one for Fifty Shades of Grey there was she, I, no, she did a button for a lot of them yeah. but yeah I'm <laughs> sensing a theme now is maybe the reason why we check out on knowing a lot of the songs at yep. this point is because they're for girls correct yes. one of the other ones I wanted to bring up kind of in this vein is again uh, Baz Luhrmann with The Great Gatsby which I want to I want to first take a second on Great Gatsby because while I was looking at it I was like how did he fuck this up like he had the perfect cast and an amazing soundtrack and it's a shitty ass movie yeah it's terrible i fucking it, it just it grinds me to this day but uh young and beautiful by uh, lana del rey was, was yeah. originally premiered on this album that's a great song god i try as hard as i can to forget great gatsby even exists because that movie is awful lana del rey does seem like she was created in a lab to be on a Boz Lerman soundtrack that's Agreed. absolutely yes <laughs> yes <laughs> I can't wait for that guy's Elvis movie because I just have no fucking idea what it's going to be. I mean, I know exactly <laughs> I didn't know what he was doing be. an Elvis movie. That yes, sounds dope. He is doing an Elvis movie. Cool. Elvis Who's going to be Elvis? Um, the kid, he was in Once Upon a Time for Hollywood. Tex from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The guy who rides the oh, horse. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, that's going to be Elvis Presley. Fair enough. Knock off Bill Skarsgård. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is a weird knockoff to be because he's already not a particularly handsome guy. But, you know, it's just, it's a weird yeah. sub market. Do you guys have any other ones? 
Nothing comes to mind. I can't think of uh, there, there are a couple ones, uh, big ones from kids' movies that I wanted to bring up, uh, namely Everything Is Awesome from the Lego Movie. Oh, that's a good which one. Which absolutely should have won Best Song. I mean, yeah. is that, that from the year. audience or the teens? Or are we just doing those together? Teens. That's the teens. Yeah. Okay, we've already moved to the teens. Okay, we right the Twilight on. movies because we couldn't have, find anything in the audience. Um, and uh, Happy from Despicable Me. Yep, those are good. Well, the Justin Timberlake one for Trolls. And that one, which I think is probably much more known than the movie itself. Probably. I've seen I, Trolls a lot, so it's hard for me to judge. I feel like I should bring something up from Popstar here because I love Popstar, but I can't remember any of the songs off the top of my head. So I don't I mean. think any of the songs in Popstar tried to sell Popstar. That's yeah. true. I'm sure that, you know, it's, it's funny because the same thing's true for, I think they redid Johnny Cash songs for that Walk the Line and there were like Joaquin versions yeah. of them. Uh, but I'm... I don't count that because yeah, I, I would still that. relate to uh, the Johnny Cash songs. Oh, shit, dog. We got all the Audis without me bringing up Walk Hard. That shit's dope. <laughs> I knew we were going Walk Hard eventually. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure that counts. I mean, it wasn't a hit outside of the soundtrack. That's true. It exists only in the movie. Yeah. But that shit's dope. So I, I just made my little categorizations. And I kind of picked things that were like anthems for their time mm-hmm. and the last one we had already talked about which is uh, all the stars from the black panther soundtrack which was a, i mean like a mega fucking hit right. when yeah. it came out right i think that really fits the category it does yeah. Yeah. and that and again that's a fucking great album like it, top yeah. to bottom i've listened to you know it's we know all these songs and normally they all correspond with a a cd or record that goes along with it and a lot of times, the one you know is probably the best one on the record, I feel like. Right. I, I've listened to the Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 soundtracks. I probably still have them on CD somewhere. They ain't great. Right. Yep. But I don't have anything else. No, I mean, it's a fun topic. I mean, there's a ton we missed. There's absolutely a ton. I think particularly in these last two decades. Please we, please write in. I, re- I genuinely want to Please know tell us how wrong we are. Exactly. Well, and I think there are subgenres, because again, we could sit here... And talk nothing but James Bond soundtracks. Yep. So, what's your all's winner? What's your all? What do you think is Ooh, the best the song best one? from a movie? Fuck, man. We talked about so many. The one I enjoy the most is probably "Time of My Life," "Time of Time of Your Life," "Time of My Life." Oh, right. what? <laughs> I was not expecting that. If yeah. you would have gave me ten guesses, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I like that one. That's a fun song. See, here's here's where I'm. I also like Footloose. Here's where I'm torn about this because there's a song that I think is probably the best song and the song that I enjoy the most. I think the best one in the sense of it's. I'm not rating it like that. I'm yeah. rating about which one I just is That's the funnest to me. I feel I feel like. Lose Yourself was like such a defining fucking song yeah. associated with a movie. And it, I don't feel like there's anyone that quite like set its mark quite as much. And that, that intro, that bump. bump yeah, yeah, yeah. Bump, makes you just want to walk up and punch a stranger in the face. Shit, I might actually do Eye of the Tiger. I love Eye of the Tiger. Uh, <laughs> they're very similar. They're, yeah. You know, they have a similar yeah, yeah, vibe yeah. to them. Lose Yourself and Cashmere, same chord progression. Right on. Yeah. Um, for me, I knew going into this, it would be down to between uh, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, if we decided that was in criteria, and That Thing You Do. But since you two assholes de- have never watched That Thing You Do, I'm picking That Thing You Do. I like it. Stand by your whatever. Stand by your coal miner's daughter. Does that one count? I don't think so because I think that song existed beforehand. But oh, I could be that's wrong. That's probably true. You're probably right. If it right. didn't, then it wins for me because I have a special place in my heart. I don't know why how I got through the '70s without talking about that one because I love that movie. Yeah, that's a it's a great movie. Yeah, it would make so much sense if the song existed before the movie. That's why the movie would be titled that. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. I relate it to the movie because I was born fifteen. Right. Years I mean, after definitely, that. I know the song because of yeah. the movie. Cool. Yeah. That's uh, that's part one. Let's say I suspect there will be a need to come back to this eventually. So, what have we been watching, guys? I can go first. I continue the same stuff I've been watching. Watch more Next Generation, but not much. Some new stuff that I watched. Uh, I watched the Netflix film The King. Starring Timothy Chalamet and so I knew Chalamet, yeah, and uh, Robert Pattinson, Robert who I knew Pattinson. was in it, but apparently has a French accent. He's he plays the Dauphin, uh, oh. who is which is a French like military rank, and uh, yeah, he's hilarious in it because he's just maniacal and terrible and super Frenchy. And uh, you know what? I'm going better than Transformers. That movie's pretty good. Wow. Um, it's about Henry V. It's about the Battle of Agincourt and how Henry V, um, I mean, not really how he ascended to the throne. That happens pretty quickly. But what possessed him to invade France and that decisive mil- military victory in Agincourt, um, which, side note, if you're unfamiliar with, is one of England's greatest accomplishments. And they argue about how great it is because some historians would tell you 
about 1,500 French people died, and some British historians will tell you 11,000 French people died. <laughs> um, it's very widely debated, uh, but it's a pretty interesting film. I think everyone's really good. Joel Edgerton's fun in it, oh. and uh, Ben Mendelsohn is good in it. Um, they're not in it a ton, but when they are, they're fun. And, uh, I, you know, Timothy Chalamet, as much as shit he gets on this podcast, he's fine in it. How is his haircut in it? It's, you know, it's very Henry V, which, if you've seen a portrait, is very terrible bowl cut. Uh, that's the only thing I've seen from this is the terrible haircut. Yeah. So. Um, I watched Living With Yourself, the new Paul Rudd show. Yep. Pretty funny. Better yeah. than Transformers. Um, it's bizarre, but it's a good time. He's, you know, great in it. Uh, he plays two versions of himself. I don't want, don't want to spoil anything, but it's 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 pretty funny. I would recommend it. It seems like having not watched a second of it, it seems like a Charlie Kaufman take on multiplicity. It that's a fair description of what it actually is. Kaufman esque in some ways. I can I can get on board with that. Um, I think that's it. I don't remember anything else. Fair enough. Yeah. I, for some reason, from your text, I thought you were angry about the king, but you liked it. I wanted to talk to I Ian would, about yeah. it oh. because Ian oh, fucking hates that, hates that. Yeah. and yeah. he hates Robert Pattinson. I mean, I also hate Timothy Chalamet, but you know, I don't even know which one he is, honestly. I mean, he's I, the I, so I did scrawny actually, white guy in movies. Now. I did actually realize that he does look like a, a younger version of my man crush, which is Killian Murphy. All right. <laughs> I suppose that's go, true. Go, I swear, go look at pictures. It's fine. Yeah, but Killian Murphy's face looks computer generated. This guy's face looks like a Yeah, human he's pretty face. normal. I really wanted to talk about Robert Pattinson because he's fucking great in it. Yeah. Like, he's funny when he's in it, and he's in maybe 10 minutes of the right. movie. Uh, he got equal billing, but he does not deserve it screen time-wise. <laughs> he's just fantastic, though. His French accent is hilarious. The whole character is super cocky and confident, and uh, it's it's really funny. I'm uh I might yeah. watch it then. I, yeah. I was not planning. It's on it. it's not a comedy. I just think he's <laughs> yeah, funny right, in it. Right. And he's on a roll. He, I, I have his sci-fi thing that was out last year, yeah. High Life, queued up on my Amazon. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I I'll stand for uh, good time. Yeah, it's a great movie. I almost went and watched Lighthouse today. Yeah, uh, that that seems like it's an experience. Um, I've been watching a lot of shit actually, which is unusual for me. The wife and I have been blowing through Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood because she hasn't seen it, and she is really having a good time, and I'm having a good time because it's a great show. Yeah, we just finished the first season. Oh, I know. <laughs> so the intro is gone. It's yeah. the best intro. That's the best it, anime. It's, intro. it's the second best anime intro. Tank from. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop is the best, but it's a close second. I started watching the first few minutes of the Jenny Slate comedy special because I have a crush on Jenny Slate, but it's terrible, so I turned it off. Really? Yes. It's <laughs> too bad. It is. Um, I watched a on Halloween because I wanted something kind of horry. I watched a movie called The Perfection on Netflix, which is supposed to be like a mind fuck. It wasn't that much of a mind fuck. Right. Uh, I mean, it was a bizarre premise, but all the ter- twists and turns were fairly predictable, I yeah. felt like. Uh, but it's, it's fine. It's worse than Transformers, but it's fine. Did you get any trick-or-treaters here? We didn't have that many. Yeah. Um, we're lucky because our place looks very murdery. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody. I watched the first episode of uh, an anime that's on Amazon Prime that's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to be like a, a well-told story, but it's also just supposed to be beautiful. Uh, it's called Vinland, and it's about like... Vikings, which is weird because it's in Japanese. It's a Japanese story about Vikings. Right. It's very strange. But uh, so far, so good. I just watched the first episode, and it is. It, it's a really, really nice-looking mm-hmm. show so far, so I'm, uh, I'll probably keep going on it. And then the one I wanted to save for last, and before Hurt went, is I watched the first episode of Watchmen. And oh, uh, yeah. I quite liked it. I was, I was surprised at how much I liked it. Uh, the only thing that really bothered me is is cows do not catch bullets as good as that show seems to think that they do. But otherwise, no complaints. Uh, Regina King is great. I really Regina like Green, Regina. Yeah. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson is fucking great. Yeah, Tim Blake Nelson. Don Jensen is fucking great. It's I I, I like it. I, I still, I've only watched the first two episodes. I haven't watched last night mm-hmm. yet, but I fucking love it. Uh, I guess I'm the only one who watched the thing that people are supposed to watch this week. I uh, watched Terminator Dark Fate. Good for you. You uh, were like the only person in America. <laughs> so it didn't do well. It, it did made not. $29 million, and they say it's going to lose probably over $100 million. Well, that is a drag, because yeah. it was... It was a good movie. I liked it a lot. I would, I would go as far as to say it's a very good movie, which I want to make clear because most of the things I'm going to say about it are bitchy things. Okay. But, uh, but I really enjoyed it overall as like an action movie and as an installment. But 
you know, canon on this podcast, I am very pro-Terminator. I like a lot of the Terminator stuff that most people consider crap. The only Terminator thing I can't really say that I do like is the original Terminator 3 because I've never watched it. It just didn't look good to me, and I never watched it. But, uh, yeah, this is this is good. That being said, here are the things I'm going <laughs> to bitch about. And I'm going to try not to get too spoilery on anything that a person with a high school education couldn't figure out just immediately. I just want to say, this is this is the approach I think Joseph and I normally take to things, where we can say, we like it, but we only want to talk about the shit we dislike. That's about accurate, it. yeah. And so a lot of people think we hate everything. Right. It's not that. We just much more enjoy talking I, about the negative part. I just think the negative parts of this are more interesting to talk about because they're perplexing. I'm just happy that you're doing it. Um. So, uh, first of all, the one thing that everybody knows is going to happen in this movie happens immediately. I don't think it's a spoiler because everyone knows John Connor is going to die and he dies in the first fucking scene. Yeah, and it's so, not Edward Furlong, who they said it was going to be, and it's not. I think it's his face glued on somebody. Mm. But it's, you know, he's not... He When they said he makes an appearance in this movie, it's that's correct. He just wasn't invited to the set. Mm-hmm. So it definitively sits up in the beginning of the movie that they won. The, the, he, he dies in 1998. They had already went past Judgment Day. So a thing already with Terminator movies with me is I believe that the first two, the time travel logic makes total sense. Whatever happened, happened. At the end, they think it's possible that they've changed the future, but we've not seen that they've changed the future. Every sequel besides fucking, uh, what's the Christian Bale one? Salvation. Salvation, you know, changes the rules. It's like, oh, you can change the... And this one definitely goes with both. I mean, that's kind of the traditional route that most time travel movies go. Like, Genesis sort of did the same thing, but I think Genesis had more fun with it than it was just wacky bullshit with time travel. First of all, I'm not someone who really needs things explained to me, and I'm not saying that in a fucking, I'm so fucking smart. I'm just saying, if you give me enough to put it together, I don't need you to spell it out. But there was some shit in this they needed to spell out for me. First of all, there's a thing where they won, so Skynet never exists. But there's another computer system that does exist that's sending back the Terminators now. Why is this computer system doing the same thing? What in this different timeline causes it to also make identical Terminators? It's the optimal way to kill people. I mean, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I feel yeah, like, but it's not though because they lost. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a line of dialogue could fix this. Also, there's a thing where there's Terminators that come back about every two years but it's never clarified what they do. Mm. It just clarifies that they show up and Linda Hamilton kills them. The big problem with this movie, well, first of all, I, here's what's great. The What's the McKenzie? McKenzie Davis. McKenzie Davis as the, as the hybrid is fucking awesome. Make me three movies about her. She was fucking great. Linda Hamilton was fucking great. And just like in Genesis, Arnold was fucking great. Arnold completely reminds you why he used to be the biggest movie star on earth. He is so good at adding humor in the middle of a really dark bummer situation. But this movie really hinges on you liking the lead and believing in her, and they do not sell that at all. Hmm. Uh, Her name is Danny in it. She's around four foot tall. She's supposed to be about 18 years old, but she looks like she's 11. And first of all, this is another one of the spoiler things that is in no way of a spoiler. Because immediately, at no point do you think anything but, oh, Mackenzie Davis is back to save her because she's who changes the future. It's not until halfway through that, like Linda Hamilton says, oh, well, it's your kid that changes the future. With no one having said that, so later it's supposed to be like this big, like, rousing moment when Mackenzie tell, Davis tells her that, no, it's you. It's you that changes the future. It's you that saves the world. And it's not a surprise at all. You'd figured that out in like the first two or three scenes. But this is what, this is where it's kind of ridiculous is at this point. This you, is where. This is what's ridiculous. Because at this point, you would see nothing in this fucking girl that could be that she could be the person that changes the future. Just like you didn't really in Edward Furlong because he's a little kid. But they, and also, I will say a good point of the first two, two Superman movies is never showing really what John Connor did. Yeah. This tries to then flash forward and show what this girl did. Who, when they flash forward to her, is in no way aged. And all that's changed about her is she has fucking cornrows and she yells a lot. 
And that's supposed to save the future. And it sort of pisses in the whole pool. That being said, after that, we get to Arnold, and Arnold's fucking awesome. Uh, Arnold, I will not spoil what Arnold's in, because the best twist in this movie is exactly who Arnold is in this movie, and it's highly fucked up. But he's just great in this, and where he is in the beginning of this movie is actually in the exact same spot as Rambo in the beginning of Last Blood, and I would have rather watched that movie than this movie or Last Blood. And when you guys see this, you'll see what I'm talking about, and we'll talk about it then. But that would have been a great fucking movie. All that said, I really liked this Better movie. than Transformers. Better than Transformers. I thought it was a fun movie. It's worth seeing for Arnold, Little Hamilton, and Mackenzie Davis. Not spoiling the ending, but I wish the ending would have been that they killed the chosen one. And then Mackenzie Davis who was like, you know what? I'm a fucking badass robot. I'm just going to after the apocalypse. So the Terminator salvation. The the original end of Terminator salvation. But see, I don't I don't get on board with that. I don't get on board with like everybody says Terminator salvation would have been better if they went with the original ending. I don't think it would have. I think there's a tendency whenever somebody finds out, oh, this is what the original ending was going to be, that people are always like, oh, like, shit, that's better. Yeah. The only answer to that that's correct is First Blood. The original ending to First Blood is better than the ending to First Blood. I recommend seeing it, even though I just bitched about a lot. What else did you watch? That's it. That's it. I watched watched more looking, but, you know, some more dudes making out. I don't have much to say about that. How much more of that show do you have? It's only two seasons. Uh, right? You know, we're, we've been watching it slowly, slowly, trying to pace ourselves, but I think we've only got two episodes in the movie left. Yeah, I restarted Jack Ryan because season two came out. Right. So hopefully when I get through season two next week, give me some Jack Ryan shit. The show is trash. And it's if not I rambled trash. on about that movie for too long, I apologize. You're I good, just, man. I had feelings. It's not trash. As it's Joseph just, would say. Not as good as it should be. In the age of Breaking Bad, a Jack Ryan show with John Krasinski could be the most badass show on TV, and it's not. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I did you really like the first? Or I you, enjoy the first. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good show. I just don't think it's a great show. Right. And uh, I can only watch a little bit of it at a time, to be completely honest. because it's, it's not good. <laughs> That's not the reason. But <laughs> I was about to say, you guys aren't talking me into yeah. it. Because I was kind of... The first season trailers of it never really talked me into it, but the trailers for the new season, it's like, oh, this looks like it might be badass. Yeah. But, you guys aren't talking me into it. I've seen way too much shit about people being interrogated to watch a show enjoyment, for enjoyment about people being interrogated, so. I have severe, like, claustrophobia of being trapped issues, so interrogation scenes never work for me. I'm always too And he's the civil interrogator, but still, I just don't want to do it. Fair enough, but I think that's... It for this week. Yeah, don't even try to guess. We don't fucking know what we're doing next week. Next week, something else. We're two weeks away from Ford versus Ferrari, which I have to imagine we will do. Yeah, I want to see Ford versus Ferrari. Um, I mean, I feel like with Ian's going to be back, maybe it, we should finally pull the trigger on the sports episode. Potentially. We've, we've been talking about it for like a month and a half. But if it's something else, you'll be surprised. Next week, sports movies. But yeah, sure. Well, thank you guys for listening. Please rate and like and subscribe and tell your friends. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us all the things that we, all the songs that we missed from this episode, I forgot what this fucking episode was about. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. <laughs> was that not? Oh, yeah. Uh, you, can, you can read us at realphonies at gmail.com, just like Regina did this past week, uh, where she reminded us a couple of our Halloween horror episodes for cowards that we missed that were good options, including Practical Magic, which is a movie that I like and yep. is not very scary, but... It's got, it's got a little... Great bit, cast. Oh, yeah, great right. cast. Uh, the Others. Which one, one was The Others? Is that the one where they break into the house? I feel like I've I seen that know. movie. Is, the, uh, is, is that the one with Liv Tyler? If yeah. it's that one, no, that's the scariest fucking movie ever. That's not for cowards. <laughs> I remember the trailer for that movie fucked me up. Hmm. Anyone who's not scared by that movie has never lived in a rural area. Yeah. Uh, two Hitchcock movies, Rear Window and The Birds. Those are good. Jaws, which is a fair choice. Not- Jaws, Jaws is definitely a glaring example because that movie's awesome, but it's not really scary. Yeah, and probably unless you got a shark phobia. And probably to me, the what the perfect example of what this genre is and what we should have gone for immediately is Signs and yep. Night Shyamalan's Signs. Yeah, that's so, true. Uh, 
Way to call us out, Regina. You're right. <laughs> Signs is a great fucking movie and it has some legitimate scares. It in does. It, yeah. But also, not really all that scary. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. somehow both. I think it has, I, I, I think it's good for cowards because it has good jump scares that don't stay with you. Yeah, yeah that's true. Like, there's nothing about that that follows you home. The only, the two scenes that get me are the Mexican birthday. Yeah, and, and the Mexican birthday gets everybody. Yeah, yeah that scene's yeah. fucking great. Oh. And then the hand underneath the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's it. Those are the only things that I can remember. But also. those aren't like, and so when they actually have encounters with the aliens. Yeah. They're not really all that scary. No, right. But yeah, the, the Mexican birthday party is definitely it's, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is such a great scene. Yeah. Uh, well, but thank you for those suggestions. And again, anybody else who wants to throw us things our way that we missed or got wrong, or you just like to hear us talk about, uh, realphonies.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Uh, thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll, go, we'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>